Our scripture today comes to us from the book of Baruch, and um, I have written down chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, but I'm actually going to start just a little bit before that in, in chapter 4, verse 30. Listen now for a word from God. Take courage, O Jerusalem, for the one who named you will comfort you. Wretched will be those who mistreated you and who rejoiced at your fall. Wretched will be the cities that your children served as captives. Wretched will be the city that received your offspring. For just as she rejoiced at your fall and was glad for your ruin, so she will be grieved at her own desolation. I'll take away her pride and her great population, and her insolence will be turned to grief. For fire will come upon her from the everlasting for many days, and for a long time she will be inhabited by demons. Look toward the east, O Jerusalem, and see the joy that is coming to you from God. Look, your children are coming, whom you sent away. They are coming gathered from east and west at the word of the Holy One, rejoicing in the glory of God. Take off the clothes of your sorrow and affliction, O Jerusalem, and put on forever the beauty of the glory from God. Put on the robe of the righteousness that comes from God. Put on your head the diadem of the glory of the everlasting. For God will show you your splendor everywhere under heaven. For God will give you evermore the name Righteous Peace, Godly Glory. Arise, O Jerusalem, stand upon the heights. Look toward the east and see your children gathered from west and east at the word of the Holy One, rejoicing that God has remembered them. For they went out from you on foot, led away by their enemies, but God will bring them back to you, carried in glory as on a royal throne. For God has ordered that every high mountain and the everlasting hills be made low, and the valleys filled up to make level ground, so that Israel may walk safely in the glory of God. The woods and every fragrant tree have shaded Israel at God's command. For God will lead Israel with joy in the light of his glory, with the mercy and righteousness that come from God. This is God's word to us. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Good and loving God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the clothes that we wear. God, we ask that you would make us aware of ourselves, and that you would begin to form us in your likeness and image. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you've been tuned in here for, I don't know, the past year or so, um, I've, I've kind of been preaching on like one theme, and the theme has been um, letting go. It's been giving up. It's been some form of you have to die if you want to live. You've got to let go if you want to gain. You can't cling to the things that you desire. And it, that's actually the heart of Christianity, and it's, it's a really easy thing for me to preach. Um, 
it's easy to stand up here and say, hey, you just, you just got to let go of things, and life will turn out great. <laughs> just let go and, and embrace something new, and that'll be fine. But I never really asked the question of, like, how do you, how do, you do that? How do you let go of things to embrace something new? How do you, the way Baruch describes it, is how do you take off your clothes to put on new clothes? Not literally, obviously, but metaphorically. How do we, how do, we do that? What's that process like? And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about the ways that Baruch is kind of guiding the Israelites to bring about change in their lives. Now, if you, if you haven't read the book of Baruch or you're thinking, is this book even in the Bible? The answer is kind of. <laughs> it's kind of in the Bible. Um, in the Catholic Bible, it's, it is a part of the canon, but Protestants kind of broke from that. Now, some Protestants do use it in their Bible. It's not, it's complicated. Can I say that? But it was part of our lectionary selections, and I, and I love the imagery here. So if you're not familiar with Baruch, I promise you, you're not alone. Had anyone before this Sunday um, heard of Baruch? <laughs> yeah, there's one, one hand in the very far back corner there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I had read it, but I had never really studied it, and if you would have asked me about it before, I'd say, yeah, it's a book in the Apocrypha, and that's about all I know. So you're not alone if you're not familiar with this book. Baruch, we're told, is, is allegedly the scribe of the prophet Jeremiah. Is, um, as Pastor Sarah said last week, uh, really mourning the loss of the holy city during a time of captivity when the Babylonians moved in and they took all of the Israelites and made them slaves. And they took them away to a distant land and they destroyed Jerusalem. Baruch is his scribe. So he has the pleasure of writing down all of the things that Jeremiah is saying. Most of them are these, these poems of lament and, and, and marking the desolation that's occurred, but sometimes there are those moments of hope, like Pastor Sarah talked about last week. And so here Baruch gets his, his own book, and he um, goes to the Israelites, actually. I'll give you a, a little bit of history. He goes to the Israelites. This is five years after they've been taken captive, five years, and I think they were in, was it 60, 70 years? 70 years? They're, they're in exile. I should know that off the top of my head. I don't. Five years into a 70-year exile, and he says to them, hey, you got to take off those old clothes of mourning. <laughs> it's time to begin to live into the new identity that God is calling you to. It's time to be the person that God knows you can be. Five years in. <laughs> They've got 65 years of struggle left. But Baruch tells them this, not as an outsider that knows everything and is coming in and saying, you know, you, you all really need to shape up because I know the way to live in the world and you don't. He's saying it as an insider. He's actually captive too. He's, he's a slave as well. And so he's saying to them from this community, hey, we have to take off our clothes. Now, this might be a literal call to them because, as many of us know, the, the Israelites had a practice when they were mourning. 
they would put on a different set of clothes. They would put on sackcloth, they would rub themselves in ashes, and they, they would actually take on a different posture entirely. And so the call isn't just a call metaphorically. There's a literal call here. Take off those clothes of mourning and of sorrow. Put those away and rise up into this new being. Baruch is sharing this, and he offers ways for them to do it. And it's kind of a four-step process that I've outlined. And this is not, it's not perfect, but this is sort of what I've taken away from the text. The first step that Baruch says, if you notice, he, he tells them to take courage. Take courage. The first step of going about change for Baruch is take courage because change is really hard, right? Change is difficult. Have, have any of you all ever changed something in your life? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing some laughs, some grunts, some groans. Yes. It's really, really difficult. Even just small changes can be really hard. And so Baruch says to them, take courage and know that God is going to bless you. Know that God is going to comfort you. Know that God is at the end, but here at the beginning, take courage. You have to prepare yourself for change. If you're going to take off those old clothes, if you're going to let go of what you need to let go of, if you're going to embrace something new, you got to be ready for it. Now, you might say, well, how do, how do we do that, Pastor Garrett? Because that, that's also kind of easy to say. Prepare yourself. How do you prepare yourself? Well, I, I think one way, and you might have others that you can share later, one way is through contemplative practices. So this morning, this is a shameless plug for our adult ed right now. This morning, we did uh, centering prayer just for, for 10 minutes. And, and centering prayer is really this practice where we stop and we dispose of our bodies and we pause and we rest in the presence of God. And who knows what comes to our mind during that time, but it's a way for us to just take a moment. And if you're willing to take a moment, you might be willing to think about what's next. If you're sitting in the presence of God, you might begin to think, well, who, who am I and, and who is God and, and how do I become more like God? And so I think if we're going to take courage, we have to build in these practices of pausing, slowing down. And this kind of bleeds into Baruch's second, second point, and that is to look. He says look several times, actually, throughout the whole book. Look, 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 look what's happening. We have to take a look at ourselves. This is actually a, a really difficult process, isn't it? If you've ever taken an honest assessment of yourself or if you've ever been reviewed for a job, if you've ever gone through that process, it can be hard to look at who we are. It's hard to look. I, have any of y'all ever heard of Marie Kondo? The, the magic art of tidying up? Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. If you haven't heard of her, she has a book, uh, and it's, it's actually a really small book. You can read it pretty quickly. She also has a Netflix show, I think, and I'm sure there's a million other things that she does. But one, one of the things I love about uh, the Marie Kondo process is that um, she invites you to look at every single item in your house. So her whole thing is decluttering your home. And she says that, you know, as consumers, um, especially in the West and uh, as Americans, we often have too much stuff. And this stuff is just so overwhelming in our lives, and, and it, it just piles up, and you don't know what to do with it, and you don't want to give it away, but you don't really use it anymore, and so it just sits there, and it, 
and it has this like gravity to it, she says. She, she says too that often the, the amount of clutter in our homes can lead us to not think as clearly, can affect our mental health, it can, it can have all of these effects on us, and so she invites people to declutter their lives as a way to um, experience some kind of catharsis. And, and throughout this process, what she does is she says, I, I want you to put all of your stuff in a pile. <laughs> and she, I mean, she literally means this. Take everything that you have and just throw it in a pile. And, and I, I believe she encourages you to go room by room. But, and, and then she wants you just to look at the pile. It's this giant pile of stuff that you have. And then she says you go one by one. Take one item at a time and lift it up and look at it. And she's got kind of a series of questions that you ask of the items. And one of the questions that I love is that it, has this served its purpose? And in another one, does this bring me joy? And depending on how you answer that question will determine what pile that item goes into next. Does it go into a giveaway pile or does it go into a pile that you want to keep? And I love this image for our lives, especially as we think about change, that we almost have to take everything that we are, everything that we do, the ways that we behave, and we have to throw in a pile on the ground. And we got to take the things one at a time and look at them. And Gosh, I'm really impatient. <laughs> Does that bring me joy? Maybe I can get rid of that. Gosh, I really have an attachment to success in the way that I define it. Do I need that? Maybe I can get rid of it. Or maybe it's, hey, I'm really passionate about serving those in my community. That does bring me joy. I'm going to keep that. I'm not just going to keep it. I'm going to get more of that in my life. So we have to look. We have to look at who we are and how we behave. The third step in this process for Baruch is to take it off. Get rid of it. Actually go through the thing. So if, you, if, if we stick with the pile analogy and everything's there and, and you've sorted everything out and you know, you've had one pile before, now you've got two piles, you actually have to get rid of the pile that you had to discard. And you might think, well, that, that's pretty easy. You've already set it aside. But it's actually a lot harder than you think. If you've, if you've ever cleaned out your house, you know this. Um, so Na Naima, our daughter, just turned one on Thursday. And, um, you know, we, we had just a, a really small celebration with us and did some FaceTime with family. Um, but all of these gifts started arriving. And, and, and we're very grateful for these gifts, but we don't necessarily have a lot of room for them, especially those of us that uh, are followers of Marie Kondo. And so um, we had all of this stuff and we started to go through this process of wondering, okay, what, what can we get rid of? And we didn't do it in perfect Marie Kondo fashion. We really just saw everything in our home and, and thought, we don't need that, we don't need this, we don't need this. But when it came to Naima's toys, <laughs> it actually was really difficult. And so we had actually made a pile and we, we put everything in and I had like two trash bags that I was going to take down to uh, the Goodwill right over here on my way to work. And when I, when I went and I was dropping it off, I find myself by the loading dock, opening the bag and thinking, oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe we can keep this and maybe we can keep that and maybe we don't need to throw that out. <laughs> Have you ever done that? <laughs> the thing you intend to throw away, you actually can't throw away. It's difficult. 
It's hard to take off those things that we're used to. And, and I think even harder in our own lives, if you have a habit, if you have a way of being that you are used to, it can be difficult to give that away. It can be difficult to give it up. But that's the next step. You gotta, you gotta throw it out. You gotta get rid of it. You just, you just gotta do it. The final step in this process is rising up, putting on new clothes. So we talked about the tradition of, uh, of mourning, and they would put on sackcloth and ashes, and then when the period of mourning was done, they would put on new clothes back in the day. And this, this tradition and this practice was actually picked up by early Christians when they were going through the process of baptism. And the early baptism liturgy, um, it actually influenced our current funeral liturgy, if you can believe that. And, and, and I love this process. I, I want to kind of walk you through it. So the, uh, the early Christians, when they would get baptized, they would have these old, ratty, raggedy clothes that were dirty and full of holes, and they would wear them, and they would go down to the water. They would walk down to the water, and they would take off those clothes so that all they had was their loincloth. And then they would get into the water, and they would be submerged or sprinkled or however they did it, and they would come up, and the, the pastor, the priest, or the, whoever was baptizing them would say something like, rise now, you are a new creation in Christ. And then they would turn around, and they would walk back to the bank. And waiting for them on the bank was not the old set of clothes that they had put on, but these beautiful, white, flowing gowns. And they would wear those as a symbol of who they had become. This is similar to the story that I told about the nuns that I lived with. When they put those clothes on, it reminded them of that inner commitment. And they wore those every day, every single day. So if we're going to change, after we've taken our courage and gotten ready, after we've looked at everything, after we've finally gotten it done, you actually have to begin to live into that new identity. If you want to be more patient, you've got to practice patience. And that might mean putting yourself in situations where you have to practice it. There was one, one person, I, I think I listened to this, I think it was a TED Talk. Um, but he, he really wanted to stop taking things personally. He had a problem taking things personally. Is there anyone in here like that? Sometimes you take things personally. No one, okay, we got one. <laughs> one to admit it. We'll work on confession in the coming weeks. Um, <laughs> he, he wanted to take things less personally, and so he decided he was going to ref uh, soccer matches or football matches in the U.K., because everyone's always angry at refs, right? And like, I'm, I'm already kind of seeing videos going around um, now about uh, refs getting berated at high school volleyball games or high school basketball games. I mean, refs, I mean, all they do is just catch other people's complaints. And so he thought, well, if I want to take things less personally, I might as well get into a profession where everything is personal, <laughs> everything is my fault. And he details, I would encourage you, go, go on... Um, and probably TED.com and, and look for this, and, and maybe we can drop it in the links, Emily, um, on Facebook. But he talks about this process that he goes through where he, at first, it's really difficult because all he's hearing is complaints, and you got that wrong, and you don't know what you're doing, and oh my goodness, you ruined the game, and after a while, those just started to slide off. 
because he kept living into it. He kept refing more in more games. He kept showing up and being involved in the process. Now, he probably would say, if he's being honest, that he still takes things personally, but living into it, putting on that referee's kit, that referee's clothing, helped him time and time again. So if we want to change, we have to live into it. We have to practice it. We have to put on those new clothes after we've taken off the old. And so as we approach the new year, we're coming up on the time where we all make these New Year's resolutions. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm really great at New Year's resolutions until about February 1st. And then I'm done. <laughs> we're coming at a time where we make those resolutions, where we think about change. We're hopefully coming closer and closer to... I don't even want to say it because I'm going to jinx it, but the end of the pandemic, I mean, it, it, it's bad now, there's a surge, but hopefully as time goes on, we get closer, we come out of it. We make these new resolutions, we begin to live in new ways as we think about these changes. I would invite you to ask, what, what clothes do you need to take off? What have you been wearing that you don't need to wear anymore? What have you been keeping in the corners of your home that you can get rid of, that you can donate? What can you let go of? And I'll invite you in that process to take courage. Really look at things. Be willing to let go of what you need to let go of. And then be willing to live into that new identity that Christ has given you. Let's pray. Good and loving God, thank you for Baruch. Thank you for instruction, at least a little bit, for how to change. God, I pray that you would give us courage, that you would help us take an assessment of who we are and how we behave. God, you would help us take off those old clothes of sorrow and of mourning, of impatience, of unkindness. God, help us put on the new clothes that Christ has given us in our baptism. God, we would rise up and be the people you have called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.